So you're listening to the Four Sides Podcast. And don't forget to tell all your little baby dork-ass friends to listen to the Four Sides Podcast too. Otherwise, Warhorse is going to rule your ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Four Sides Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Carr. I got the fifth side, Noah Hudson, here. What's up, guys? Today, we are in Anna, Illinois for Anna Fight Underground, and we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Jock Kennedy. How are you doing, Jock? What's going on? I'm doing great. Did, I say, you your na- did I say your name right? Yeah. I used to think it was Jack. Yeah, um, there are a couple different mispronunciations I get with the name. Uh, most commonly, for some reason, is Sean. Sean. Sean is a very prominent Sean. one. How do you get Sean out of Because, like, whenever you're talking to somebody, and, like, maybe there's a lot of noise in the room, they shake their hand, and I'm just like, hey, I'm Jacques, and they'll be like, Sean? Like, they'll, they'll look at me, and they'll just keep being like, Sean? And it's like, no, it's, it's Jacques. <laughs> I, I understand, because, like, in a room full of, like, full of people, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. So you have to apologize for the bump you just heard. I was putting my laptop down on the floor. Um, oddly, this is probably the most professional setup we've had because, uh, like Lex Luger says, we're a low-budget podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a story for another time. But uh, let's talk about you. What got you in this crazy business of wrestling? So I was actually very, like, fairly new to wrestling, and I'd argue that I still fairly like. I'm pretty new. Um, I started watching wrestling for, like, the first time, full attention, um, back around WrestleMania 29. That was the first time I had ever watched professional wrestling. And even though, honestly, WrestleMania 29 sucked, I was, I was pretty infatuated with everything other than that. Yeah, WrestleMania 29, not the most not the best WrestleMania oh, to start with. Oh no. I think my first Mania was uh, 22, and besides uh, besides Rey Mysterio winning the title, there was really yeah. nothing too memorable about yeah. that one either. Most of the stuff I remember about 29 is just Punk and Taker. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And Lesnar and Triple H, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. I enjoyed that punk match a lot. So were you were you into wrestling at this point, or were you just kind of getting into wrestling? I was absolutely not about wrestling whenever I first watched, like, WrestleMania 29. But, like, after I had watched it, I was like, wow, this is pretty neat. I guess I'll stick around for a couple more weeks. And, like, what's funny about that is I think I stuck it out until about, I want to say, right before Sting and Rollins went at it for the... Uh, WWE title? Yeah, that's correct. At Night of Champions, and then I quit watching for a long, long time. And there were like two or three WrestleManias within that gap. I think I started picking up again around WrestleMania 34 when Nakamura started getting the momentum and he had just won the Rumble. Mm-hmm. That's like when I really like, that's when it clicked for me. Because, like, I was like, wow, I really love this sport because it's, like, it's such a beautiful art form. Yeah, I think that was a really, I think that was a really good time, too, uh, because you had AJ Styles doing his big title run. I mean, 
I wish they would have done AJ and Nakamura better than they did. Oh, yeah, oh, I man. wish they would have put the belt on Nakamura at Mania. So, um, be, so being that you kind of got into wrestling a little early, did you get to watch any of Shinsuke and AJ's New Japan work? Never. Uh, before uh, Wrestle, like before WrestleMania 29, and even at the very beginning stages with things like WrestleMania 34, when I started getting back into it, I had no clue that there was a such thing as like a New Japan mm-hmm. or an Impact or a Ring of Honor. I didn't even know there was really like an independent circuit at that point. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, which that actually leads into like, honestly, uh, I think my biggest like, one of my biggest like things that led me into really getting into independent wrestling was uh, Anakin Murphy. Shout out to Anakin Um, Murphy. He is my best friend. I love him to death. And honestly, I probably would have never gotten into wrestling the way I did without him. Right. We had Anakin on here in the past. Great dude. Um, kind of actually amazing. got. He actually kind of got into wrestling with video games, which I think is always interesting to hear. Um, no yep. offense, some of the younger guys' stories of yeah. how they got into wrestling compared to mine. So. Yeah, everybody gets into wrestling different, you know. It's just cool to see, you know, Anakin with video games, WrestleMania yeah. 29, me being, like, late run of Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. For sure. So now since we kind of know how you got into wrestling, how did you kind of get started? And, like, where did you train that? What got you started in the business? So for a little bit, me and Anakin had had a little yard thing going on. I'm oh, sure he man. talked about that. <laughs> um we, we did that for a little bit because the school we both wanted to go to had, like, gone out. It, was, it wasn't there. And so, like, we would, just, uh, we would just do a bunch of that stuff. Uh, about not even a year later, um, yeah, SICW opened up their Ace Academy. And okay. that's where we got our like first real bite into professional wrestling. You're talking SICW with Herb Simmons, correct? Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> real old school. Bob, oh, yeah. Bob Orton is mm. honestly one of the best trainers I've ever had. Right. He is such a great guy. I really like... I, I think it'd be pretty hard-pressed to find a bad thing to say about... Bob Orton. Oh yeah, I've met like I've obviously met Bob Orton as a fan, very awesome guy. Um, it's really surprising to hear you and Anakin getting your start with a guy like Bob Orton. Yeah. Right. Like I would have thought you kind of got your start with maybe like a I know up in Iowa they have the Black and Brave Academy with Seth Rollins and of course uh, in St. Louis they got the Dynamo Pro and then they got the stuff up in Springfield with Pinfall. Right. And like it was one of those things where like Pinfall at the time was gone and then like for the most part a lot of the uh, like a lot of the schools at that time we were we were all in high school we were teenagers we, we don't really we didn't really have any money especially for like a, a training school right and that's at that time I didn't like I didn't have a job and neither did he really so like we would just have to um, 
we, we had to find an affordable school, and mm -hmm. honestly, that was worth every bit of it. Even considering, like, juggling high school and mm -hmm. training at the same time, we would be taking two to three hour trips there and back, just like, and that would be on weekdays too. So it was really, really, really pressing. Um, but eventually the way it worked out is us and a couple of the trainers there just didn't see eye to eye. And sure. that's fine. That's it, just the it's, business, you know? It is what it is. Like, so we kind of like stopped, um, we stopped going there and from there me and him kind of like split a little bit he went to st louis to keep training and i didn't really have a way to do that so right. what i would rely on a lot were like seminars okay and um just picking up things from other people eventually cool. like now obviously we're both in pinfall mm -hmm. um and really I wouldn't even consider it much of a place to train for us as it is, like, just to stay sharp, you know? Yeah. I mean, Pinfall, obviously a good place to go. Uh, Jake Lander's been through there. Yep. Uh, isn't he one of the head trainers now? Um, he comes in and, like, he comes in sometimes, and when he comes in, he oftentimes is, like, showing people okay. how to do things. Great. I know, I wasn't sure what he was doing with that. I know he's been on the, he's been on the injured list for a while. <laughs> Speaking of the injured list, um, oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's sad because, like, I have you on here, but I've never... I've never actually got to see you work, so oh, yeah. um, um, how have you? How would you describe your wrestling style? I would like to say it's kind of like a smash mouth submission, kind of like in your face, you know, I'm going to wear you down, and then once I wear you down, I've won kind of thing. I've always been really infatuated with, like, technical wrestling, especially, um, and it's really interesting to watch, like, how those matches unfold from, like, the uh, the Golden Age, mm. as they call it. Um, like, seeing things like Luthez and Don Leo Jonathan go oh, at it. Wow. Like, they were throwing drop kicks and stuff. And, like, that's just crazy to think of because, like, those rings suck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's interesting to hear you say that your first wrestling show was WrestleMania 29, but yet you're looking back on these guys like Luthez. <laughs> I, uh, I like to look back a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you kind of have to start sure. now, yeah. because like just watching guys like Luthez or, uh, I mean, even Hulk Hogan and Iron Sheik, like, that's stuff, that's learning stuff, watching those guys. Right. And like, a lot of it... I don't know. A lot of it came from just curiosity of what had been going on before. Like, if I'm going to be honest, I don't really keep that, like, in touch with the current uh, oh, yeah. mainstream wrestling stuff that often. Like, I watch enough to stay in the know, mm -hmm. but I don't, like, go out of my way right. to watch it that often. I'm the same way. I have a love-hate relationship with mainstream wrestling, as I like same. to call it. Like, I watched... Like, I was telling Noah on the way over here, um, since I had the day off work, I was like, what the hell, I'll go ahead and see what happened on AEW last night. I think I watched 
I think I watched all the way up to Hangman versus Isaiah Cassidy, and not that it was a bad show or anything. It's just that versus the indie style of wrestling. Oh, yeah. I've fallen in love so much more with the indie style Same, than for the mainstream. Sure. Yeah, um, uh, when it comes to like things like AEW, um, I think I watched like their premiere episode, and that was about it. Not yeah. because I don't like the product, and that I'm not a fan of those people. I think those people are fine. I think I don't know. I, I hate I hate to say this because it's such a cliche thing to say, but uh, just how the current WWE product is has really pushed me away from watching wrestling on TV because it's just like the storylines are bad. And that's my problem with it and how they treat their people like with the whole twitch situation well oh, yeah well that too that but, drove um, that really drove me away from uh wwe i if i watch any mainstream it's AEW. yeah i mean sometimes you have to put the you have to put the twitch stuff and the business aside and yeah. enjoy it as a fan but i mean it's even hard to do that because uh like i said just how bad the product is in general like i like, I watched the Royal Rumble because, you know, that's just, I always watch right. the Royal Rumble. Yeah. That's my favorite pay-per-view just because of the the shock of the Royal Rumble entrance. But besides that, I, I think the last time I'd watched WWE was probably around uh, SummerSlam whenever Roman came back. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't, like, I'm like you, I watch the highlights, I just watch what I need to watch to know what's going on, but I don't watch it on a weekly basis anymore. Yeah, like, for the longest time, even, like, when I first started getting back into wrestling, I still had, like, a love-hate relationship with how things were going, so I'm going to be honest, and I know it's a very unpopular opinion. AJ Styles' run when Nakamura was going to Mania, honestly, like, I feel like you could almost relate that to the Reign of Terror. Yeah, Like, I mean, it was... It was rough. I mean, AJ had a long run, but it's like you see his feuds with like Samoa Joe and then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It's like, like yeah. they they had no idea what they were doing with yeah. him. The big issue for me is that like there's nothing wrong with a long title run. No, like that's no. perfectly fine. But what the issue is is we can't keep having AJ Styles who has beaten like I don't know Nakamura mm -hmm. two times, face Nakamura three more times, right. and expect the people to care right because it's like honestly if you're like it really depends on the build and right. wwe never really gives you enough to satisfy you after the bell rings for the second time i think and what i think what wwe does is like hey let's just let's put aj and nakamura together because everybody saw that in new right. japan and if they like it in new japan they'll, like, they'll, it they'll like it here but no no, it's yeah. not that easy. See, I think where the big divide comes, especially with that, is that in New Japan, uh, Nakamura and Styles were treating wrestling like a sport. Because right. yeah. in Japan, they respect it more as a sport, mm -hmm. while over here we view it more as entertainment. Right. So I feel like when you try to like mesh, like the respect-oriented, heavy-hitting style of Japan into a world that's much more used to entertainment, it, that's when it really kind of crumbles. And, and that goes... And that goes both ways with 
that goes both ways with uh, both WWE and AEW because you'll see. Um, I don't mean to sound Jim Cornette here, but a lot of what AEW has been doing has been spot monkey things. Like you'll see, you'll see eight guys. Like if they have like a big tag team match, you'll see like four guys from both teams just scrambled up and just sit there and wait for the guy to jump on them. And it's like yeah. if they're fighting each other outside mm. the ring and then the guy jumps on them, like that's fine. But they're just sitting there and waiting for the guy. That's my it's thing. Like you guys are on opposite teams. <laughs> that, yeah, that's my thing. It's and it's always that they'll just stand there and look. It's like if you guys are on opposite teams, just like throw like elbows at right. each other. Yeah. Make try and make it look like like that's the thing I love about New Japan is that that crowd is so respectful over there, mm-hmm. and they. As he said, they review it as a sport, not entertainment like right. we do here. And, and like when they react, it's into a good spot, and the wrestlers are actually not just standing there. But I do have to say, on a side note, I do respect that. Um, obviously, you're a young guy, but you stick to the technical style of wrestling yeah. as opposed to just going out there and doing spots just to you know get gift on Twitter or just yeah. to get pops. So. I feel like, for the most part, when it comes to wrestling, there's a place for every type of wrestling. Oh, of course. I'm not. Um, I'm not taking anything away. For sure. I I know that. Um, I've just always kind of gravitated towards the technical stuff because I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential, and if not untapped, then just stuff that hasn't been seen for years. Oh, absolutely. Um, Because once you figure out, like, for instance how a leg works mm-hmm. through things like, I don't know, physical therapy. Um, you really learn how you can bend and exploit those muscles in a way that make it uncomfortable for the other person, that make it hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy on the eyes, too. Um, oh, yeah. Not all chain wrestling has to be smooth like butter, and that's what's great about it because it can still look like a fight. Regardless, you just heard a big yawn from somebody, but hey, uh, that's what I like about uh, guys like uh, Daniel McCabe, and uh, I know he's in, I know he's in a little bit of the, the doghouse right now, but even Marty Skrull, yeah, like just his offense, like the, I know he did the finger break thing, that was kind of cheesy, but hmm. I mean, just see i i like the stuff with the fingers because like when you think of things that aren't really manipulated that much you think of things like fingers or like for instance the jaw and whenever you see things like that being worked in a match it really sticks out and it lets like the match really have a different kind of focus because it's not just working the arm or working the leg it's different there's a match that comes to mind uh tyler Bate versus pete dunn from uh, the first nxt uh chicago takeover like i thought that was match of the night and yeah you know they didn't they did some fast-paced stuff but they didn't really do the fancy flips right. it was yeah. just like i'm a big i'm a big pete dunn fan it's like everything every move he does matters it means something uh-huh. pete dunn the thing I like about Pete Dunne is that everything he does, he does with the intent to hurt. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's easy to pick up. You mm-hmm. watch him take those digits and pull them back, mm-hmm. and it's just like, wow, that right. sucks. Yeah. I would rather break my hand than right. deal yeah. with that. So on the finger break thing, Caleb, so it was like, 
that's the only person that I can take that move seriously with is Pete Dunn. Mm-hmm. It's because he does it so, like, I mean, he's done it for years, but he knows how to just do it and make it look so good. And on the realm of submissions, as you're a technical wrestler yourself, what is your main submission? I've never seen you wrestle. Um, what is your main go-to submission? So, for a while, I had actually kind of been just doing whatever, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I never really, like, had a hold, but now that I've, like, really thought about it, it's pretty appropriate. I think I'm going to use the flying knee bar. I think that under having an understanding of how knees work a lot more extensively now, that I can have a pretty good-looking knee bar. See, as I'm in the both realm of mixed martial arts and pro wrestling, and knee bars are very utilized in the UFC. Right. And since of like Anderson Silva when he faced Chad Sonnet, he almost broke Chad Sonnet's leg. And the knee bar is a very underrated submission in pro wrestling. Like, there's a, not sure. a lot of guys that use it. Um, that man, it, it would be very effective. Like, the thing with the knee bar that people tell me all the time is like, oh, yeah, you could just, like, kick the dude and get out of it. But it's like, if you, like, lock it in it, and you really cinch it and then you put your other leg and you space the uh, other guy's leg away, yeah. he can't kick, he can't do anything but sit up and try to pry at it. And it's all about uh, one timing, and if you're really, really good, like, and I use Anderson Silva, you can just get it locked in. And right. if you space that leg out, people are like, "Oh, you can get your leg." You're not no. going to get your leg up because no, your leg that's in the not. knee bar is going to be in so much pain. Yeah. Yeah, and I like what you you just analyze like the reason you do the move. Like I. I I respect that about you a lot. You're not just going out and doing moves for the sake of Dude, doing moves like all these other kids are. Like you're you're breaking it down, and you're like, "There's a reason to do this." Yeah. So I like that a lot. Um, how long? Like, obviously, I've never seen you wrestle, but how long have you? How long have you been in this? Uh, coming up June, it'll be about two years. Two years, uh, okay. So I, still yeah, freshly like. I started training when I was 16. Um, I had my first match when I was 16. Uh, I'm 18 now, but like, um, for a while, like, even if you look back on IWTV, you can find some of my, like, I guess, technically speaking, more recent matches. Um, I used to wrestle a lot for Zero One. Okay, we love Zero One. Um, I think my favorite match I've ever had was a triple threat on the, I think it was New Year's Retribution pre-show. Uh, no, no, no. It was the 13th anniversary show pre-show. Okay. It was me against DC Shaw and Levi Everett. And it was definitely my favorite match. So on the realm of, like, talking about knees and injuries, you've been out sidelined. With an ACL tear, I believe. Yes. How how did that come along? And like, I believe you're supposed to face John Wayne Murdoch here at the first yep. Anna fight. That's a good callback, Noah. Yeah. Hmm. And that's a match I want to see still. I still want to see you and Murdoch tear it down. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch's became one of my favorites recently. For sure. He's just. He was uh, IWA Wrestler of the Year. IWTV Independent Wrestler of the, of the year. year. And. So how did the tear come up, come about? Ugh. So um, just to like kind of set the stage, like we were like I was really starting to pick up. Like yeah. I was starting to go. Um, I had just come back from like a pretty decent hiatus. Uh-huh. Um, 
I had a match with Justin Kyle at zero one. It was like fifty seconds. So. And you survived. And oh, you yeah. survived. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's did. a big accomplishment there. <laughs> um I'm still very proud of how hard I slapped him in the face and just <laughs> was like, yep, you know, whatever happens, happens, I guess. Um, so we were at pinfall. Um, we were running a drill. It was like uh, throw a line, take a crucifix, kick, and then I think it was like throw them out. Yeah. Like after they kick, throw them out. Um, I threw the line and I like clipped him a little bit so I wanted to start over and like I guess it got like miscommunicated and they just kept going with the spot it was all on me anyways yeah. like I'm not blaming anyone for it um, I was off balance I wasn't ready he came up and I completely dislocated my knee um, it relocated on impact and it was totally fine like it it, it did not hurt uh, That's good though. I was laying there though and I was like guys I cannot get up I absolutely cannot get up and this is like one of our biggest training classes ever and they're all they do like all most of them did was just line up there and look at me while I was like guys I can't get up I was like I literally can't get up and then uh, the head trainer was just like why don't you just roll outside of the ring and I was like I mean yeah but like yeah just roll outside yeah. the ring with a torn ACL no big deal <laughs> yeah like everybody's around you like and it was weird when you go down <laughs> it was such a weird feeling because like it almost kind of feels like your kneecap is like sliding everywhere and it feels like <laughs> in a way like this top part of your leg like your thigh mm -hmm. will slide off of your knee and you'll just oh. go and it was so so nasty oh very epic <laughs> for, for the longest time i wanted to convince myself i was like this is fine it's okay you're, you're gonna I, be okay I, I don't need to go do anything about this because this is the first time i've ever dealt with an injury before and like leading up to this uh me and murphy were about to debut as a tag team um we were going to tag i think at zero one um, you guys were going to call yourselves Minor Threat, is that right? No, we were going to call ourselves The Takeover. The Takeover, okay, that's right. Um, and so, like, we were going to tag at zero one, and that was in the books. We were going to debut, like, as a tag team earlier, before zero one, and then I got the news that I was going to wrestle Murdoch. So, I was pretty stoked. Uh, I was really, really holding out that like, oh yeah, maybe this is just a minor thing. Like yeah. I can, I can work through this. I can do it. And then I walk into the doctor's office the next day, like after getting checked out, after getting the MRI, and I'm just, I'm sitting in there, and I already know because the doctor comes in, he slumps down, and he goes, <sighs> and I'm like, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me. And he was like, yep, you're looking at six months. And I'm like, oh. <sighs> And I mean, like, you know, it could have been a worse time for sure. But like, I like with everything going on with like the pandemic. Great, that's fine. I wasn't really getting booked that much, anyways. But like, so it was good timing. It, it was good timing I, in aspect. I mean, yeah. But besides like, you losing out on the Murdoch match, what here. I was getting booked for, even though it was very little, what I was getting booked for was amazing. And it just, it sucked so much. And it still sucks yeah. so much. So, you said six months. When did this injury occur? 
July. 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 Yes, like mid-July. Uh, didn't get surgery until like beginning of August. Okay. So like, you're you're kind of rounding the corner on yeah, maybe um, making your return here soon. So the way it's working out right now is that this is February 25th. Yes. I'm like less than 10 days away from being able to train in a ring again. And um, then take you a little bit to get back into it. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm thinking about probably about two months from now. So okay. about May. Okay. Just just give yourself enough time oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. to like make sure it's fully healed. You know, there's a lot of like Bobby Fish, you know, Bobby Fish. Feels like he's okay. He'll get in the man, ring and he'll yeah. get hurt to get, he'll I, get hurt again. I love Bobby Fish. I love Bobby like, Fish. Yeah. Man, if we could just get more than like two weeks where he's not injured, that'd be great. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, Bobby Fish just had a terrible. He's got terrible really bad run. luck with he injuries. Does. Yeah. Yeah. And his his knee is not the best. Yeah. The thing about you is you go. I mean, I'm not calling Bobby Fish old, <laughs> but like he's. Well known. You've got a long career you ahead do. of you, so I mean, just take some time and make sure you're ready to get back in there. For sure. Know? Like, because yeah. the last the last thing you want to do is get in there and your first match you yeah. re-tear it. You know? and then, I yeah. definitely don't want to do that. I'll be rocking a pretty decent sized brace. Yeah. For a while. Um, be the old Stone Cold brace. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. Like, I've never been as confident. As before, like I was never a very confident person when it comes to wrestling. I used to beat myself up all the time. But now, like, that I've sat back and, like, I, I've studied so much. I watch, like, literally all it is, like, unless I'm sleeping, is wrestling. It's always wrestling. Well, it's great to hear that kind of that time to kind of sit back and reflect. It's kind of street kind of built up your confidence for sure um, and the workout regime i've adopted is pretty unforgiving too um i'm down like 20 30 pounds from what i was before the injury oh wow um yeah i'm i was really trying to slim down because i i definitely want to try for one of those fancy junior heavyweight titles there you somewhere. go there you go here's this victor analog <laughs> oh i wish i wish so what speaking of when you do come back who are some who are some people you got on your radar let's fire some shots here <laughs> i have to run it back with murphy i i absolutely have to that first match we had was it was something for sure um I need to run it back with him. Uh, Connolly. Connolly. Yes. Another guy. Um, I like. I like how he works. I like how he makes it look like a struggle. Absolutely. And that's yep. what it's. That's all. That's what it's about. Yeah, we were talking about that the other night, Noah. Just how everything Connolly does. I, I, I really, really too. like Connolly. Um, another guy, uh, Roy Lewis, um, he, uh, he's kind of like one of my mentors, I'd okay. argue. He's really helped me find this out about myself, like, he really helped me nail down my style and how I go about thinking about professional wrestling. Great. Um, there are so many guys I just 
haven't had the chance to go in there with honestly and like at this point I could keep going on with names forever and ever yeah. but honestly I just want to wrestle like I live and breathe to just wrestle so I'll ask the cliche question we do this a lot what if you could wrestle anybody from any major promotion AEW New Japan right now who would it be Daniel Bryan easy simple answer simple easy. answer love it easy um there's honestly i don't think anybody else in the world can compare to daniel bryan the thing he, i love about him is his submissions are so i like i fell in love with daniel bryan especially like a lot during like 2019 mm -hmm. his uh heel run mm -hmm. yeah amazing amazing one of the best things wwe has done in a long long time mm -hmm. back to my talk about uh watching the royal rumble um i think i was watching the smackdown gauntlet match just to kind of just to kind of get myself prepared and kind of catch up with the storylines and daniel bryan was daniel bryan was in that gauntlet and just watching him wrestle again after a while just realizing how good he really is it's it's so hard to find a bad Daniel Bryan match. Right, yeah, it's it is. so hard. And like, for instance, like I was watching. Uh, this is going to be a really relevant and interesting one. I was watching Brian Danielson against Necro Butcher at right. PWG, yeah. and. Honestly, it's so interesting to see how those styles mix. Because, you know, like, Necro Butcher, he's more of, like, a brawler. Yeah. Much rather than, like, Daniel Bryan, who's, like, this big technical guy. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's just interesting to see how they were able to have such a coherent match. It's just, it was so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I would even go as far to say as, uh, minus the 18-second match <laughs> they had, uh, even Brian and Sheamus worked well together. For sure. Yeah. Like, Brian's just one of those guys, he can make anything work. Yeah. Right. And that's that's what I like about Daniel Bryan and other guys I could go on for hours about. Right. I really liked, uh, I don't know if they really wrestled much after, but him and Kevin Steen in Ring of Honor. Uh -huh. You know, on the big Kevin Steen mark. Mm -hmm. And then Daniel Bryan is, so, like, very... Very great with those submissions. Oh yeah, uh, he now he yeah. he compares to like Khabib of UFC. You know those two great submission specialists of the sports. Daniel Bryan has such a way with the things he does. Like I think him and like Pete Dunne are very similar mm -hmm. um, in the way that like they have this certain brutality with yeah. the things they do, like the stomps Daniel Bryan used to do, the arm trap. Oh yeah. I love that move so much. Uh, it was, I actually like adopted that move from seeing him do it, and like I was like, "This is cool. Like, this is great." So we'll probably be seeing some Daniel Bryan like offense from you when you get oh, back in the sure. ring. For sure, I love Daniel Bryan so much. Great. So uh, you've worked zero one before, uh, obviously. Yeah. Um, Big place we've been to. Uh, you're kind of. Set here in Anaphi on the ground, so to speak. So yeah. those are those are probably some places you can uh, see Jock Kennedy whenever he returns. So just be on the lookout for some some Jock Kennedy matches. Yep. I have some, like I said, I've never seen the guy wrestle, but I've got big hopes for him after yep. sitting here and talking with him today. Thank you, I appreciate yeah. that. So um, we're getting at about we're getting at about thirty five minutes here. Um, this is kind of 
this is kind of the part where we're like any final words, all that Plugs. stuff. This is kind of the, the wrap up yep. here. Um, I appreciate being on here a lot. Um, I have obviously not made too many rounds in podcasting yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to all the other things that I can get in at this point. Um, I'm really excited to like go back to training and everything. Uh, guess I should go ahead and plug the social media. Yeah, um, go right ahead. Yeah. Twitter is PSI underscore Kennedy. Um, YouTube's just Jacques Kennedy. Facebook, Jacques Kennedy. And then Instagram is Jacques Kennedy Official. Zip um, up. You can you can see me you can see me get squashed. Uh, I was pretty good at that. Um, that's about it. <laughs> hey, I mean, you're going places. I think you just, <laughs> like I said, just sitting there talking to you today, learned a lot about you, and I got hopes for you, man. Yeah. It's, it's a lot about just, with wrestling, it's a lot about being just open-minded oh, about yeah. everything and just being able to run off of what other people give, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I mean, I've been... A, I've been observing you at shows, and I think you're, I think you're on the right track. I appreciate that. So, uh, Noah, you want to plug your social medias? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Noah underscore Hudson Eight. You can find me on PlayStation at FS underscore Switchblade. And that's about it. All right. Uh, you, you can find the podcast uh, at Four Sides IV on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, make sure you. Hit like and follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and your other select podcast platforms. Uh, if you want to buy some merchandise and financially support the podcast, you can go to tpublic.com and search for Four Sides. Um, Jock, it was awesome to have you yeah. on here today. Thanks, Thanks for I appreciate it. So um, I think the next episode we're going to be having, we're going to be having the Skimhorns on. Yep. So, And then we're going to be having... Always Crowley on the episode yeah. after that. So be on the lookout for future episodes. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up, though. So thanks again for joining us for Four Sides, and we will see you next time. See ya. See ya.